0: Welcome to the Everyday Adventures Podcast. On April 15th, 2017, Amy and I were invited to a statewide Instameet. It was hosted by TravelKansas.com, and it was in the adorable town of Lindsborg, Kansas. If you haven't been there, you need to go. It is great. When we got the invitation, we requested the freedom to also record for this podcast. For you! We think each of our guests has given us a unique perspective of why hashtag no place like Kansas is really a fitting hashtag for the whole state. On a side note, as this was our first time recording on the road, we learned quite a bit about what not to do. Our recordings are a little bit lower quality than usual, so just bear with us. Sometimes you just have to live and learn, right? First up, we have Charles from the marketing firm that actually handles the entire Kansas tourism marketing. He stepped away from setting up for the Instameet and the presentation to chat with us for a few minutes. If you're into microbrewing, he's got some recommendations for you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay, remind us of your name
1: Charles Morgan.
2: How long have you been working for the state of Kansas? Oh, so I,
1: I don't work for the city. Okay. Though. So I work for Jones partner, Apartments, we're the advertising agency. Okay. That. We've had their account, oh, about five years, I think. So. All right. I've been at our office two years, so that's cool. how long I've been on the nice. account. Nice. So it's been. Mm-hmm. That's definitely been eye opening as far as like I said, I'm from Kansas City. I haven't seen much of rural Kansas or any parts of Kansas. So it's just really nice to be able to travel different cities, see all the different characteristics of it, small towns. Uh really like especially the You'll you'll enjoy this town. So
2: Yeah, it's we're it's already pretty enjoying precious. It. Yeah. <laughs> it is precious. That's a good word yeah. for it. <laughs> My family is Norwegian. Okay. And so the Swedish side of it oh, yeah. is just I love it. It's so good. And there's so
1: many towns, too, just small towns where two, three hours you can get there. and it's just so so unique and really dependent on what you're into, especially outdoors-wise. So many state parks you can go to. Last week we were at, well, we did a road trip video spot. So we were at Rock City uh, Park. We went to Wilson State Park uh Miami and Rock, so we went to all the different unique places or just a portion of the unique places that the state has. So it's definitely eye opening and definitely worth the trip to a lot out 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 of outdoor adventures out here.
0: Just watching the signs on 70 on the way here, we were like, oh we can! oh we've got to go there again. Yeah, so we def- could stop there.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: so it's, no it's definitely, because I've been out here once, Actually, twice, and it's been for it's been for work, and I was like, you know, put it on the bucket list to go back so I can really explore. Uh, cause it's just a tease when you're working, cause you got to work and <laughs> get a little bit of the enjoyment of it, but uh, focus more on work. But it's definitely uh, definitely worth coming here. Uh, Manhattan's another little, not yeah. small town, but a nice city to. And I heard you all talking about yep. uh, Wildwood adventure out there. So there's so many places oh, yeah. to have some adventures.
0: Yeah, and. A lot of people, when I say that I'm from Kansas City and I do zipline stuff, they're like, well, you don't do it in Kansas, do you? Mm. Uh, Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. It's possible. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No,
1: it's definitely possible. Waterfalls, so you all have to. Have you checked out any other waterfalls?
0: I haven't yet, but I keep seeing posts about them,
2: and it makes me intrigued to go and find all of these waterfalls. Yeah. Other than spending a New Year's in Manhattan one year, because my friend went to uh, college there, and driving through to Colorado, I've spent very little time. Other than like to the Lawrence area yeah, of Kansas. To, but. No, the,
1: there's Pillsbury Crossing, which is in Manhattan. That's okay. one of the waterfalls. So there is a waterfall trail map that you can find. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, so definitely go there and try to find all the av- adventures. Make your own little bucket yeah. list.
0: Yeah, well, and we saw the bucket list on the website. And I love a good list to check off things. <laughs> and oh, yeah. They're like, yeah, I've done it. Maybe. I actually calculated how many that I had done on that. Out of seventy, I've only done five. Five, yeah. I was like, that's shameful.
3: It's <laughs> a lot of ground to cover.
0: It is. Yeah. Well, and especially when you live on the other side of the border. Yeah. Border. <laughs> so, what is your favorite thing that you found through Travel Kansas?
1: I would say. Uh, the, the waterfall, it was in Cottonwood Falls, uh, Chase County uh, Fishing Lake, so that was definitely one of the funnest things I ever saw because, you you know, it's not just, you know, you have to go to the lake and you don't see it automatically, so you got to get out of your car, you got to walk towards it, it's just like, are we in the right spot? But then, you know, with all the rain that we had lately, it's rolling, so you oh, yeah. you hear it, uh, so we're jumping through the waterfalls and, you know, <laughs> so climbing over uh, tree limbs as well, jumping on rocks, make oh. sure to try not to fall on the water. So was, <laughs> <laughs> and where is
0: that
1: located? Uh, and Cottonwood Falls, so Chase County uh, Fishing Lake. You can find it there. So there's a little trail and it's uh, it's blocked off so cars won't go there. So if you see that, you're on the right path. So you follow that path, turn left, and you'll start hearing the roaring waterfall.
0: As long as it's not dry.
1: Yeah. So we <laughs> definitely have to make sure to have water.
0: How tall is that waterfall?
1: It's three levels to it. So 30 feet high. If that's
0: I'm, still a good yeah, so good it, size waterfall.
1: Yeah, it's three tiers to it then it drops off, so it's it's definitely a nice size waterfall.
0: That's awesome. Yeah.
1: A lot of places people don't know about a lot of it because it's just not, you know, here it is. I see it off the highway. It's one of those where if you really want to enjoy the trip, you know, it's like you have to go out there. It's like a scavenger hunt, so that's yeah. uh, one of the, the fun parts about it is You go out there trying to figure out where it is and when you get there it's like, "No, this was definitely worth the drive." Yeah.
0: What do you think makes Kansas great?
1: The natural state of Kansas. We still have tall grass prairie in the state, uh, the Midwest hospitality. That's probably definitely the biggest perk uh, I like to where I can go to a town and it's, it's like I just made another home from people. Uh, and you'll, you'll experience that here to People want to show you, hey, where's the best coffee spot? Where's the best local spots? Uh, the locals are very helpful. Uh, And, you know, a lot of it is just an adventure to find certain places. I'm in the craft beer, so going to the different craft breweries, uh, you know, great food there. But, you know, finding the off-road things to find in Kansas is definitely the best for me.
2: And we passed a lot of wineries as well coming down. Oh,
1: definitely. And so,
2: even if you're not into craft beer,
1: Oh, yeah. And you're
2: into wine, I mean, I feel like most people think, like, oh, at least in Missouri and Kansas City, they think, oh, if I want to go for a wine tour, like, I've got to go out to Herman, yeah. Missouri, but there's so many coming out this
1: way. You know, there's some out here, some, uh, me and my wife and friends took a uh, winery tour in Paola, Kansas, so it was definitely, oh, yeah, out there in Miami, Miami County, and it was... Absolutely fun. Uh, one, uh, one of them sat on a lake, you know, close to a lake, so they had a lake you can see. So it's Aww. it's just a ton really of rich. unique places that you, you just wouldn't believe that's here, but trust me, it is here.
2: That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. So what's your favorite craft brewery in Kansas?
1: Probably biased to Free State, but I just went to Gellas and Hayes, and that was really, really good. Good beer and food.
2: Always a good bonus when those two go together.
0: How do you think that East versus West Kansas compares or north and south, because we know all of them are different.
1: No, all of them are different, and it really depends on uh, your interest. So, uh, for hunting wise, definitely western Kansas is where you want to be. Uh, definitely for upland, pheasant, quail, well, uh, more metropolitan area, obviously east of Kansas is uh, somewhere you want to go. So it really depends on your interest. Uh, but all of them have something very unique and satisfying. So whether it's hunting, whether if you're uh, like this uh, bicycle, you know we have tons of trails you can bicycle. Whether it's they hiking, do. yeah. So you're places for hiking. So it really depends on whatever your interests interests are, and even you know based off that interest, most regions have something to satisfy that hunger there. Oh,
2: that's <laughs> true. And you'd mentioned the tall grass prairie. Where in the state is? Is it kind of, are there patches of it all over? Well, I would
1: probably say central part of Kansas. So you have Kansas Prairie, you have uh, Tall Grass Prairie, and that's where you see if I'm having my regions right (laughs) up. I think it's north north central, uh, south central Kansas.
2: Because I know that's something that a lot of people don't get to really experience is that tall grass prairie. I grew up in outside of Chicago in Illinois and they had a small kind of reclaimed area that they used as a prairie and it was amazing to go see that they tried to get as many natural historical Mm -hmm. plants back in there and that was a really cool place to go and kind of see what the land was like before was retaken for agricultural purposes. Yeah,
1: we're one of the few states that you can still see a lot of uh, tall grass prairie and a a good chunk of.
0: Cool. What's
1: your favorite fun fact about Kansas? Favorite fun fact, twist a little bit. So my favorite false fun fact is that <laughs> there's nothing to do in Kansas, especially for, yes. we're kind of unfortunate with the interstate, because if you drive straight through 70, it's not very you know much to see there. Yeah. So that's my favorite false fun fact, where, you know, you gotta get off. You gotta get off the highway. Get on the scenic byways. Get on yeah. the scenic routes. Then you will truly experience Kansas. So it's it's the location, it's the people. That's that's what you want to do to experience. So it's not my favorite. Fun fact. My favorite false fun fact is you know there's nothing to do in Kansas. It's like ah uh, no. no. Yeah. I feel
2: like that is the same in every state. That if you are just traveling on the major highway, just through it. state through, you're not gonna get a good glimpse of what's special about that state.
3: Yeah, I
2: know, like from driving down here. Like once we got up 70, it was there was a lot of really interesting natural features and like the little towns, all the little billboards. They had really there was always something that we were like, oh, that would be cool to go to. And yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah,
4: that
0: carousel. Yeah. Oh yeah there's a national
2: park. I don't think and either of us were expecting yeah. to see a sign for a, a carousel from 19 1901 1901. We're just like, "Why do we want to go ride that carousel? And that's still functioning."
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. We've we've made a list just on the drive down here of like, "Well, we should stop at that. We should stop at that." <laughs> do
0: you want to share anything else
1: with us? Uh, just get out and explore Kansas. I mean, you really, like I said, whether it's uh, outdoors, and it, uh, like new craft breweries, microbreweries, you know, we have something for every uh, hunter out there. We have amazing state parks, uh, ones you wouldn't think that oh, okay. would be placed. Wilson State Park is so beautiful. You definitely, if you're a state parks, uh, especially if you're a mountain biker, they have a wonderful switchgrass trail out there that's oh, very that's awesome. fun. awesome. Yeah. So, but, oh man, get out there. Just search. Like, trust me, it is Worthwhile. Go to travelcafe.com and just start. I mean, find whatever you're looking for. It's on there. It's out here in Kansas, so it's definitely worth yeah worth the wait and thrill to get there. Like I said, a lot of things aren't right off the highway, which we're uh, typically used to, especially if you're staying in the city. Things are just kind of right there, so that's, we will kind of spoil a bit like that, but if you want an adventure, yes, please go, again, to the website, TravelKS.com, and find wherever you want to go to.
0: Get it in there. Get it in there. Yeah, Yeah. good job, (laughs) marketing.
2: All those plugs. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Thank you.
0: Honestly, we didn't really know what to expect at the statewide-sponsored Instameat. The Instameets that we've attended here in Kansas City have been great, but they've been very different from what we experienced in Lindsborg. The KC Instameets usually involve all attendees gathering at a specific location and time. Everybody gets a name tag. Someone from the volunteer coordination team announces some sort of an assignment, like... While we're all here today, we wanted to challenge each person to take a portrait of someone you just met. Or something like that. We usually take a large group photo to be included in the IGKC Instagram feed. And then we just spread out around the area to explore, have fun, meeting new people, taking photos together, obviously. The Kansas Instameet was equally great, but very different. TravelKS.com sent a whole team of people to run the event. We were greeted in friendly, Kansas style, and quickly introduced to everyone, including our guest speaker. I wasn't expecting to get any one-on-one time with Jim, but we did, and he is a fantastic man. Jim Richardson is a native Kansan and resident of Lindsborg, and he's a National Geographic photographer. He led the group in a presentation where we learned tips and tricks on utilizing our phones in taking great travel photos, which is perfect because I have lots of travel coming up. Afterward we were invited over to his gallery, which is across the street from where the presentation was. It's called Small World and we spent even more time learning from his vast experiences. Amy and I could easily listen to Jim's stories for days. See what you think. Here's Jim. So, first of all, what's your name? Oh. <laughs> State your Cheer name for the record. Said. Excellent. And what, what is your profession?
3: Uh, I'm a photographer. I work for National Geographic. Uh, and uh, and we have a gallery here called Small World uh, in Lindsburg, Kansas.
0: And thank you for letting us come in. No, it's well, well, good to have you enjoy here. Enjoy it.
3: And so harass
2: you for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> We're mostly just wondering. Uh, everybody's secrets. So, like, what are your favorite hidden
3: gems in Kansas? Oh, in Kansas? Yeah. Uh, well, it could
0: uh, be <laughs> <laughs> but Of course, you know, uh, Lindsberg
3: is, is the best, of course, we know that, but uh, you mean beyond that, don't you? <laughs> Any,
0: Whatever your favorite is. Yeah.
3: I would say uh, the Flint Hills. I did the story on for National Geographic on the Flint Hills. And it's such a, a treasure that's relatively uh, unknown outside of Kansas. And even within Kansas, it uh, has been less uh, cherished sometimes than, than it should have been. I had people talk to me after we published the story in the magazine saying, you know, I drove by that pasture every day going to work and, and nobody ever told me it was something. <laughs> Uh, so, so we have the, to
0: tell people yeah, that yeah, something yeah, is there. It's, it's kind of like
3: putting the uh, velvet ropes up in front of the painting in the gallery. You know, you, need the, yep. you need the velvet ropes out there to say, yeah, oh, look at this. It's, you it's should really, look at this thing. It's really, it's really <laughs> cool. And the other great thing about it, though, is that is that the Flint Hills have been kept uh, in grass uh, over the last mm, century and a half, largely because of two fortuitous things. One of them is, is too rocky to plow. Yeah, uh, And then the second thing is that the, the ranchers, the ranching culture has, has valued the grass and has valued taking care of it. Uh, yes. doing, doing the kind of ecological maintenance that, that keeps it in vital grasses instead of turning into, into scrub pines has really been the, the, the culture that has, has, has maintained it until even more recent times when many of us have, have sort of had our eyes open and said oh we ought to be paying attention and yeah. and, and, and come in as the uh the, the latter day uh uh saviors as it were uh, <laughs> yeah. but we, we we need we need all those people we need everybody who cherishes it the other place that i would really point out if, you, if we get brass tacks is i've done pictures in cuba Kansas, for uh, 40 years and um, in some ways, this is, this is just another small town. 300 people when I started, 200 now, maybe. But in other ways, it's, it's really been remarkable because they have kept themselves going. They have done the hard work to have a community there. And uh, one of the people who I cherished there was Janine uh, and She told me one time that, that uh, Cuba was a town of 300 and a community of 700. And I had to kind of rethink what that might mean, you know. And What she meant was that that you had people who lived there uh, who probably weren't part of the community, but you had other people who didn't live within the city limits but came there to be part of uh, the life, the culture, the goings-on. And they were part of the Cuba community. And uh, that made a big difference in my understanding. and It was a lesson I... I learned and use wherever I go in the world. You know what 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 community means. So, Cuba stands out as a a, uh, a bellwether to me of those kind of places where people struggle to keep uh, community going and make things work. Just recently, they had their Rockathon, which is their their early spring money raiser, where yeah. they walk rock in rocking chairs uh, <laughs> awesome. around the clock for. 24 hours, a day for seven days. And they set wow. a new record every year uh, for a no- total number of hours walked.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh my um, gosh.
3: And they raised $39,000 this year.
2: Holy wow. moly.
3: Yeah, in a town of less than 200.
2: I mean, that's amazing. It yeah. is, it is That's a, that's is a really, great you know? community. Yeah. They, uh,
3: and they've been doing that, this was 42 years. So, so you think about, you do the adding up, and that community over those years has, has raised nearly a million dollars to pour back into everything from building a library to building a park refitting the town hall with an elevator so that older folks could be part of what was going on uh remaking the uh, the upstairs so that you could have a skating rink on saturday for the kids you know that all those kind of things were just the things that people took on and did themselves made it really uh a special place to live and uh, to be part of you know and they knew how to have a good time <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, they're in rocking chairs, yeah. hello. Well, I mean, just in general, Cuba always knew how to have a good time, and, and you, you, what you found is that when when people are having a good time, they hung around, and they came back. Yeah, and they become
0: more and more part of that community. Part of what's going on there, mm-hmm. that's right.
3: That's right.
0: Do you have any juicy
3: history facts about Kansas? History fact about yeah. about Kansas? No, do history facts. Now you're now you're you're getting to my uh, my uh, Achilles heel. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's what everyone's been you saying. Know, we gotta uh, find a, ourselves a historian. Yeah.
3: A lot of a lot of the history I, I got of Kansas that I got acquainted with when I was growing up was because there was a Republic County history book done by a guy named I O Savage. And uh, it had all the details of the, the pioneers who'd come out. And so what I got from that was that pioneers coming out were a very entrepreneurial bunch. They weren't above uh, selling their experience at an inflated value to get other people coming out. I have a letter from my, True. <laughs> from, my, uh, from my grandfather, great-grandfather, who was out there, and he was trying to get his friend to come over from uh, Cornwall in England and he was out there telling him that, that you know, the soil was so, so easy to cultivate that he had he'd been out harrowing the other day, and, he, uh, and he, he put a chair on the harrow so that he could sit while the horse was pulled it around the field, you know. I doubt that anything ever such happened, but, but, but he may have gotten his, uh, his, his old buddy from Cornwall to come over and, and take up farming, which he did in, uh, a year or two later. Yeah.
2: Going back to the Flint Hills as being a good place for people to experience Kansas and, and visit, mm-hmm. do you have a particular time of year that you think that the Flint Hills really showcases it?
3: Yeah, spring. Spring? You know, if you, if you either there, you come for the, for the, the, the burning when the, the ranchers are out doing that yeah. burning and you have these exotic scenes of... Of the uh, the fire snaking across the hills yeah. uh, every year, and then come back about five or six weeks later when it's lush green and it looks like Ireland, and then within uh, a month or two after that, the meadows are a riot of, of wildflowers. I don't, I never understood why uh, certain areas get all the attention for wildflowers and the <laughs> Kansas Flint Hills don't, because they they can be uh, just uh, the most bustling places. Uh, with all the bees and uh, the, the goings-on of the, the, uh, the, the saga of reproduction that goes on out there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's a good way to put it. Yeah,
3: Yeah, you know. If you really want to see the rest of the cycle, then you, you come back in the fall when they've turned this beautiful rust color. And by February, all that grass that came up so lush is turned into standing tinder. Uh, it's waiting for the fires to come and to burn off and start the cycle all over again. You can't just come one time a year, you gotta come in about four or five
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've already talked about coming back out for wildflowers, yeah.
3: For the wildflowers, Mm -hmm. that'd be great, it would be great. There's also a a wonderful opportunity, you can go out to the Flying W Ranch outside of Emporia, Josh and Gwen Hoy, and they do uh, prairie burns. You can go out with them and they'll, uh, they'll do a prairie burn in the afternoon and then they'll have a chuck wagon dinner, and then uh, go out for an evening burn where they're riding horses out there uh, amongst the fire, uh, and then come back and uh, have music around the campfire uh, under the moonlight.
0: Wow. You
3: know, it's a spectacular event yeah. that they do. That, and
0: yeah, and it's you do just that. cool to look at the pictures. <laughs> yeah. and If someone only had one day
3: to one come day? to
0: Kansas, in one day in Kansas what would you recommend
3: <laughs> um,
0: first of all stay longer obviously. well okay <laughs> I
3: I think Kansas is a place that you can still do a legitimate road trip
0: I do too yeah
3: you can you can kind of go find those blue highways on the maps and go Funking around, and you can probably still find old hardware stores and places where guys play uh, play checkers uh, in the taverns. <laughs> that still exists here in, in ways that it might not exist uh, in some other places. That would probably be the most unique thing I think you could do with with just one day. Just uh, a good old as long as, as long as you didn't have to be the, to the airport by by evening.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, would you like to tell us a little bit about the artwork you have up? Oh,
3: sure, sure. This is uh, this is I'll a story that's uh, in the May issue of National Geographic on the Scottish Moors. I've been working on this really over the last couple of years because of a couple of complications. It's out uh, in people's mailboxes today, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, and, and it's really about, uh, this is 10th or 12th story I've done in Scotland. I started going there 22 years ago. Um, so it's kind of my second home after Cuba. That's my third home, I guess, <laughs> uh, so a third home. It's a story about nature and who gets to control nature and what kind of nature we want if we get to be in charge. And uh, so you have this, this, this incredible landscape of the heather-covered hills, uh, which everybody thinks of as the iconic Scottish landscape which is really pretty much a man-made landscape over the last two or three hundred years and then you have the hills that are have the caledonian pine forest which is probably an older nature (laughs) were. and uh there are there are people there so the debate in scotland now is over should we keep this iconic landscape as is or should we be trying to bring back more of the caledonian pine forest and if so, what would that mean for the economy? What would it mean for long-term natural selection?
2: Mm.
3: And it's really a, a kind of thing. It's a question that has it, get, it doesn't play out in a year or two, or even a decade or two. It's probably uh, centuries-long timelines about about how these things play out. But it's an essential question for many places in the world, oh, yeah. not unlike what we see out in the Flint Hills, about how how we are going to maintain. Uh, places that are great reservoirs for us for the human spirit without uh, consuming them how do we strike a balance or learn to be more native to the place and find that balance so that's kind of what this what the story is about a lot of a uh, lot of big landscapes of, yeah. uh, very pretty places
2: <laughs> yeah Scotland is is uh, phenomenal I, definitely yeah oh, it's the one place I would love to go back
3: to okay
2: but yeah well thanks for that help yeah we loved
3: it I hope you guys are having
0: a good time after Jim's great presentation about travel photography we were treated to a special tour to use our new skills we visited Maxwell Wildlife Refuge to witness springtime on the prairie we got to see bison even baby bison it was so cool then we went on to Coronado Heights It's a historic WPA build that sits high up on a hill overlooking the expanse of the prairie. It was super duper windy up there, but you could see for miles. This special tour was made possible by Casey Cagle. He's the founder of Prairie Earth Tours. He was nice enough to take time out of his day to sit down with us for a few good belly laughs and shared some great history of Kansas that we had no idea about. He knows all the secrets.
5: My name is Casey Cagle. I am the owner of a new Emporia-based Kansas tour company called Prairie Earth Tour.
2: What inspired the name?
5: The name, okay, so there was a long list of, of names that I was brainstorming with, coming <laughs> up with the name for the company. and uh, uh, So this name is inspired by the, the William Least Heat Moon <laughs> novel. Uh, it's spelled differently. Okay. Prairie Earth Tours is spelled in three words. The the famous novel by William Least Heatmoon is is just one word, Prairie Earth with a Y in the middle. Oh, uh, and it's a wonderful novel if you haven't read it. It's uh, it's entirely about Chase County, Kansas, and he split it into twelve quadrants and oh. Oh. focused really deeply on each one. And uh, it's a really uh, really interesting book that's uh, that it's been really eye opening for a lot of people. Uh, so, wow uh it's kind of funny with william lee's heat moon because one of his big novels before that was blue highways and which is about traveling around in his in his van mm-hmm. around the united states but going at that time the atlas uh the the, the, the small highways were blue so it was about going on the not the beaten track around the united states and so that was the first book i ever read because i was just dreaming about traveling around in my camper like he did and uh um by the time i left I was in Georgia traveling around in my camper and I found a copy of Prairie Earth and a used bookstore in Georgia. And at that point I was feeling pretty homesick. So it was just the perfect book for me. So that was the first time I read that book and I've read it several times since. It's amazing to, I guess I kind of did it backwards from William Lee's Heat Moon, but uh, that's okay. But it's it's an amazing book.
0: (laughs) That's really cool. You take people around Kansas, Mm -hmm. right?
5: Yes, this is a Kansas, Kansas only tour company. So it's small group no more than uh, 13 or 14 people that's on purpose it's not just because I'm starting out uh, even if I several years on the road if I'm doing really well I'm still going to be doing small group tours mm-hmm. because uh, I feel it's an important way to protect the integrity of the places we go if you have a, a bus with 40 to 60 people in it and you descend upon a small Kansas town or a ranch or a wildlife area you are bringing your own experience with you and uh, if you're in a small group, you can really uh, kind of get that real, genuine experience. So yeah. authenticity is really important to me. And uh, these places we go to, uh, I want I want to keep them the way they are, because I love them the way they are. Tourism mm-hmm. can give an economic boost to an area, but uh, it, in large numbers, it can also ruin what you went there to see in the first place. So. So I have a lot of respect for the places we go, and I want I keep it, to keep it the way it is.
0: That's really cool. What is your favorite tour to give?
5: The Flint Hills region of Kansas is my, that's where most of my tours will be going. That is, uh, uh, that's, well that's where I live, mm-hmm. and for one, I've traveled all over the world. And uh, there's, there's uh, a lot, everywhere is beautiful in its own way. But there's trees and rivers and mountains and a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. They're all different. But there is just not any place like the Flint Hills. And I guess another reason why is when you look at Kansas, um, there's not a lot of places that you could really consider wild places anymore. It seems pretty carved up, put on a grid. Uh, There's still really interesting places to go to within that grid. But the Flint Hills is an area where, primarily because of the limestone rock, it never was suitable for agriculture. So that has kept it, that along next to uh, being used for, for grazing, for, for uh, ranch ranching has kept it really pristine. Mm-hmm. So it's, I would consider it one of the last wild places in Kansas. That's
0: cool. What is your favorite hidden gem of Kansas? That you're
2: willing to uh, share.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. We don't want to <laughs> give away everything.
2: Some hidden gems should stay hidden. hidden yeah.
0: gems. There are some
5: really nice artesian wells in Chase County where the water is so pure, you can just drink right out of the ground.
0: That is
5: awesome. No, and being such a small group. Sometimes I will take people to some of those kind of places, <laughs> but, uh, but people that live in some of these areas have been able to just get all their drinking water. They spill fill up jugs of it from these, the springs and they and that's it's perfectly sweet delicious fresh which is really great for your quality of life so. yeah
2: it is yeah. and especially if you are in an urban or suburban area you don't get that experience of no. of your water coming right. from the ground and you from you don't the even earth. think about it in yeah. fact
5: even if you were next to a, a water source um it probably wouldn't even occur to you to think that it yeah. was drinkable to yeah. begin with, so you yeah. know, because you're so trained never to drink water off the ground, mm-hmm. so so but if you go back in time, that's what everyone did, you oh, know, yeah. it, all the water pretty much was drinkable. I mean, yeah. there was lots of cases of people getting sick from drinking bad water, but yeah. for the most part, that's where your water There's always a, a clear cause, yeah, of like, oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was that's where you got your water, so so I'm kind of fascinated with going back to a more simpler time, and those kind of things intrigue me, so yeah.
0: if you think of East versus West Kansas.
2: Or North versus South. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think categorizes or describes
5: those? It's a completely different world.
0: Yeah.
5: Those Lawrence. Which is people.
0: amazing. I <laughs> <laughs> so, no, You
5: guys are from so. Lawrence. No, no oh, we Kansas City. City. Oh, sorry. Kansas <laughs> we're City. We're not yeah, even in Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> yeah. oh, my goodness. No. Uh, Lawrence is absolutely the hippest town in Kansas. Yeah. Hands down. <laughs> It's, That's been our experience. It's the Austin, <laughs> Texas. It's the Portland of Oregon. It's you know yep. Lawrence, and it's, you know. Did you know it was also listed in Rolling Stone's top ten music cities in the United States?
2: No, no, really, it's kind of a big go. deal.
5: It was. Uh, it's one of the top ten music cities in the United States. So Lawrence is happening. It's a foodie's paradise. Yes. And there is a completely different consciousness in that part of the state. It's different there, and mm-hmm. the uh, in the but the terrain is also different all that used to be open prairie at one time and it was one of the first areas settled in kansas mm-hmm. because of the border disputes with missouri during the free state slave state era oh, kansas yeah. period mm-hmm. uh in anywhere where uh, until we started deciding to you know to do this is a t- hot subject right now, but prescribed burns on the prairie and stuff uh, before. Hot subject. A hot subject. <laughs> oh, no. guys, I just let that
2: one go. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we could just move past that clearly <laughs> obvious pun. <laughs> no.
5: But anyway, if you, if, you, if, you, if you don't manage it in some way, it, it, it's really beautiful that the northeast has all this woodland in area. But at one point, that was open prairie as well. But uh, so that is one thing that you will notice is that there's lots of woodlands and stuff in these rolling hills. And uh, then uh, southeast Kansas is, uh, if you go really far in the southeast corner, there's a little section that's absolutely officially part of the Ozarks. Yep. And uh, there's pecan groves and there's uh, uh, you know it's just a lot of stuff like that. So and the culture is very different down there as well. So. Then out in Western Kansas, it's just a whole nother, it's a whole nother thing. Drier climate, a, high, a little bit higher elevation, uh, mm-hmm. completely different economy. Uh, so it's- Flat. Uh, for It's really impressive the diversity we do have yep. uh, in Kansas. So, uh, I, you know, another, speaking of Western Kansas, the hidden gems is if you, it's pretty far out there, but if you make it to the Cimarron, grasslands uh, that is also probably one of the last wild places uh, worth going to it's it's really impressive uh, I can't promise that any of my tours will be going there anytime soon because that is pretty <laughs> far away <laughs> but, yeah uh, you'd have you'd have a long ride but it's it's worth going to especially if you're ever going down toward New Mexico or something like that yeah but, uh, but yeah that uh, I live in Emporia so um, for me Emporia is the perfect town. I've lived in Lawrence, I've lived in Manhattan, I've, I've, you know, I've spent time in a lot of different places around Kansas. I grew up in Southeast Kansas. Uh, but for me, it, it's all pretty relative where you want to live. But for me, Emporia is kind of that Goldilocks syndrome. It's not too big, it's not too small. It's got a lot of really quirky fun, hap- you know, in its own way, fun happening things going on all the time. There's the big bicycle race, the DK200, the mm-hmm. The, the annual disc golf tournament. In fact they hosted the world tournament last year. year oh. the year before that it was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I did not
2: even know there was a World Tournament. World I Tournament, yeah.
5: I'm just yeah, I mean it gets it's on ESPN and everything. Or <laughs> well, maybe ESPN two or something like that. One of the
2: channels I don't but,
5: know. <laughs> but yeah, so it went from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it rotates to Emporia Kansas that's a huge jump yeah but so Emporia is a is a happening place too and they're they're doing a lot of really cool things in Emporia you should definitely come down and check it out sometime
2: yeah
0: so what makes Kansas great
2: (laughs) (laughs) in five words or less (laughs) make it the hardest thing to say (laughs) just kidding about the five words
5: well I I firmly believe that um, if, if you're like in a place, then you don't like it. It's you haven't looked at it the right way. There's some kind of respect you could find about everywhere, mm-hmm. and, and there's there's something special everywhere. Uh, Kansas is unique. It's it's a different experience that you can't get anywhere. Here's as far as tourism goes, which is my line of work. Um, so before I started Prairie Earth Tours, I worked for um, I worked in tourism for many years and. Went to a lot of the, the biggest, hottest, you know, biggest main the main tourist destinations: Grand Canyon, Yosemite, you know, all those kind of places. And uh, when you go to those kind of places, that are really used to tourism. You will uh, you'll kind of get this this industry in your face all the time of you know trading posts and uh, gift shops everywhere mm-hmm. and, and people always trying to get your tourist dollars all the time. And so the that you know when you have that kind of industry present in your area, then it, it's 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 there all the time kansas doesn't have that so if you decide to uh tour kansas it's a bit more authentic Mm
2: -hmm. so
5: that's one of the things that brought me back to kansas is um is authenticity genuine people are genuine so people oh people are really nice in kansas and it seems like they kind of mean it they're not trying to be yeah (laughs) they're just kind of this kind of are and uh they uh i kind of like that the streets aren't lined with tourist shops and i kind of like that that you know that it's because as far as starting starting a tour company i'm starting it pretty much in a place where tourism isn't a thing yeah and yeah. uh and but with that that's just a different product for for people who are ready for something real like that
0: Mm-hmm. and that it makes a big difference when you're thinking about where you want to go and what you want to experience if you are just thinking about the big things disney or the national parks yeah. then you're not thinking about those, not necessarily thinking about those authentic experiences. Right. And learning about those communities and learning about that wildlife that is naturally there.
5: Like when I was kind of traveling around the world uh, often to save money I would stay in youth hostels, which is great. Yeah. But if you don't get away from that crowd, it doesn't matter which country you're in, you're basically in a really similar demographic
3: a bunch mm-hmm. of young
5: international people at a youth hostel partying or whatever, just yep. fine. But mm-hmm. if you can step away from that and actually meet locals and actually eat local food and, and, and try to figure out their language or, you know, just do something local, then uh, you're going to get a completely different experience than most of those
0: yeah.
5: gap year vacationers. Yeah.
0: And just seeing it from a different perspective is monumental mm-hmm. to a lot of people. Yeah. So do you know any juicy history that our listeners should know about? Juicy. Yeah. It could
2: be juicy, it could just be a little bit of unknown Kansas history. Fun like, fact.
5: Like murder? Or... Oh, baby. Or... Mystery? Just... Well... <laughs> a lot of people like to talk about Zebulon Pike. Who? Zebulon Pike.
0: <laughs>
2: Pike's you Peak. mean Pike's Peak? Pike's Peak mm-hmm. is named after Zebulon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
5: So. So, of course, we went to Coronado Heights today earlier, mm-hmm. and we uh, uh, that's one of the first Europeans that kind of came through the Kansas area, uh, the Spanish uh, explorers looking for the lost city of gold. But much later, um, the American uh, explorers came through looking for the source of the Kansas River and a few others, and Zebulon Pike led that expedition. So people, you'll see, uh, some, sometimes you'll see roads named after Zebulon, or. Uh, or the Pike Expedition, and uh, mm. um, it came through this area. In fact, it went right through the Flint Hills. And, uh, and what a lot of people don't realize is that that might have been part of a conspiracy.
2: Woo! This is juicy history. <laughs> yeah, it is. Got a conspiracy theory. Yeah.
5: So, so do you remember the duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton? Well, I. I
2: mean yeah. I hope everyone should know about that now with the success of Hamilton. Yeah <laughs> Hamilton lost. <laughs> Spoiler,
5: spoilers, spoilers. So Aaron Aaron Burr was uh not very popular, especially after that. In fact he had to go down south and and uh so you put this on, put me in a corner on it. You put me on the moment. Normally, I would take you, you more, more details. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to make this really short and vague. So, <laughs> Zebulon Pike was commissioned by Aaron Burr. In fact, Aaron Burr's son was on the expedition. Well, Ooh. Aaron Burr was actively working on conceding and getting another country outside of the United States built up and sort of claim all that West area, including Kansas. And that expedition might have been. It's believed to be maybe part of that conspiracy oh. so uh, the early reports of Zebulon Pike's journal um, it uh, talks about how lush Kansas was out there's just animals everywhere and and later in reports he kind of calls it the Great American Desert and like it's not worth populating and they feel like maybe he was saying that to kind of step away from Aaron Burr so that uh, it seemed like it was such a... that like he could step away from that conspiracy. Because yeah. he, Aaron Burr was kind of working with Mexico, is mm. what he was doing. And uh, so it was... There's some. There's definitely, if you read into it, there are some question marks among those things that make you, make you wonder <laughs> if maybe it is true.
2: Another shady, shady yeah. moment for the Aaron Burr. Yeah. <laughs> what a turd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what else should we know about... Kansas that you think our listeners should know
5: okay. Well right now and for pretty much my whole lifetime Kansas has been known for being a red state being very conservative being very much going to stay the same But Kansas in its history has been the start of almost every civil liberties revolution in the past uh, That's something a lot of people don't know about Kansas. That's something. I'm very proud about Kansas uh, Kansas was uh, huge into women's suffrage early on. Kansas was uh, huge into uh, uh, civil rights for Mm -hmm. African-Americans. In fact uh, Emporia Kansas um, was home to William Allen White uh, who was uh, considered the sage of Emporia and he was adamant about passing legislation against the KKK and we were the first state to pass legislation against the KKK. Uh, These are things to be proud about.
0: Yeah it is. And these are
5: mm-hmm. things a lot of people don't realize about kansas We're we've we have a history of being a forward-thinking state well i think i think we can be again
0: oh yeah oh yeah definitely i mean brown versus board of education mm-hmm. was here mm-hmm. i don't know if, i can't list off any others um, but <laughs> we can add well, that in later the, yeah. <laughs>
5: evolution yep. um has been battled Uh mm-hmm. uh yeah yeah, when I have it more prepared, I, I can talk more about the women's suffrage. It's huge milestones here. A lot of firsts. Mm. A lot of firsts in the nation. Uh, Abraham Lincoln started his presidential campaign here because he knew the revolution would start in Kansas. Oh. Yeah. began He began, he began his, his presidential run in Kansas.
0: Not in his home state. mm Hmm.
5: Hmm. Yeah, well, his, his, when he's tr- his campaign. He started his
0: campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very cool. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners?
2: Would you like to plug your? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me do some shameless promotions for sure. Get it. Uh, Get those plugs in. Yes.
5: So, Prairie Earth Tours is is so new. It just started in October. So, for as far as tourism goes. Winter the off season for tourism. You have to come up with other things. And summertime, spring, spring through through fall's when you can really, you know, unless you're based in Florida, unless you're doing ski trips, uh, that's that's your on season. So this winter, I've been offering a lot of things like Kansas craft brewery tours. I have a Topeka Lawrence tour. I have a Wichita El Dorado tour. Uh, those have been a lot of fun. I'm going to be doing some wine tasting tours. Uh, uh, but primarily, we're getting to the season where I can start act, um, offering more of my. Flint Hills tours and there'll be a lot of different interests uh, so sometimes it'll be hiking it'll be photography clinics it'll be uh, sightseeing it'll be more interpretive tours like wildflower tours or there's many times I like to bring a special guest tour guide onto the tour uh, I just launched uh, a tour with dr. Jim Hoy who was the 2016 Kansan of the Year uh, and the mm-hmm. writer sounds- and wow. we're, we're going to his his homeland where he grew up around the flint hills his area so it's like a pretty much a dr jim hoy tour well uh that tour sold out in two days and uh wow. so we'll probably launch that again uh but it, it's always fun to collaborate with people and there'll be a lot of regular things coming up so uh, uh i am on facebook You can follow follow us on facebook prairie earth tours there's prairieearthtours.com we are on instagram so um we always stay pretty active on social media and everything. And there's a, there's a blog, there's an email newsletter you can subscribe to on the website. So it's great. just, uh, the, the whole mission is just to help people explore and enjoy
0: Kansas. That's a great mission.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. We
2: appreciate thank you. it. Thank you for giving us some history. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> During the Instameet, We didn't get a chance to sit down with any of the hard workers from TravelKansas.com. They were just too busy putting on a really well-planned event. However, we did get the chance to catch up with Colby on the phone a couple of weeks later. So Colby, thank you so much for being on Everyday Adventures podcast. And we just wanted to chat for a few minutes about your love of Kansas and your your experiences in Kansas and what you want the world to know about the cool adventures and maybe even art that Kansas provides. So Wonderful. Um just real quick, what is a summary or maybe even your elevator pitch of what you do for Can Travel Kansas?
4: Yeah, we're we're technically the Kansas Department of Wildlife Parks and Tourism. Okay. Great. So my role with tourism is I'm the fiscal manager Mm -hmm. of the department, so I manage our budget and then also our grant and signage program. But collectively, our department, we pretty much market Kansas, you know, it's a great place to visit, it's a great place to stay, it's a great place to work. And so through the byways, through PR, through our Kansas Magazine, um, we have some other publications, um, our digital media, that's that's our main goal, is to market Kansas. We want people to visit and stay and work. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Well, you guys are doing a great job. We enjoy our time in Kansas, even though we live on the Missouri side. We enjoy going to okay. Kansas. So. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yay, Team Kansas. Yeah.
0: Go Kansas. My dad actually went to K-State, so... Kansas right. is in my blood Email. as well. So, all right. <laughs> if someone had one day to spend in Kansas,
4: what do you recommend to the to those people? That's super hard. I know. So normally when people ask that question, I direct them to our Kansas bucket list. Oh, yeah. That's that's a good place to start because it has those 70 items Mm -hmm. so it really just depends you know i think it also depends on what kind of mood you're in sometimes i want to go to a city and you know experience their art culture and you know see what they have going on but sometimes you also just want to go out and spend time outside you know go to a state park or go to monument rock so i think for for me it'd be really really hard to narrow it down to say one day so i think if someone were to go to our bucket list um on the website tribalks.com that would give them a really, really good idea. And then from there, you know, we have like our travel information centers, which are wonderful at telling people what's in the area and what they should experience. Um, we also have an events calendar on our website, which I'll use sometimes, you know, me and my family are like, what, what do we want to do this weekend? A yeah. small getaway. The events calendar is wonderful. Um, but we just encourage people that when they are out enjoying Kansas and seeing things, they use the hashtag no place like Kansas. Yeah, um, I love that hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a big wizard of yeah, Oz fan, so it, it it definitely speaks to me. <laughs> Yeah. And I saw on your website that you guys make um Kansas stuff. You should make like a hashtag no place like Kansas necklace to sell. Oh, yeah, we should. You know, like really small, not like Yeah, not Gary. Who's the guy? Who's that rapper? Yeah. Yeah, not who's the rapper that wears the stuff around his neck? Um like the clocks. Like flavor flav fa- um, Yeah. F- yeah, not like flavor flav, no. but like, you know, something simple and elegant. But that'd be cute.
0: <laughs> that would be cool. I w- we will definitely consider that and probably make it pretty soon. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I thought that'd be cool Yeah,
0: that would be awesome So off of the Kansas bucket list What is your one favorite thing? I That's still so hard
4: I can tell you Okay, pick,
0: pick five Because when I did the uh, first assessment on the bucket list I had only been to five mm.
4: things Oh, so you're using it kind of like as a guide too Yeah Yeah, as to what to experience next Yeah. So I would say for sure the Noto Arts District in Topeka, Um, I don't know if you've been down there, um, but that's just been completely, um, I think that movement started maybe five years ago, Mm -hmm. but it's a super neat district in historic Topeka that's just taken off, Um, so I highly recommend that on the bucket list, and you know what, you have to do the Kansas State Fair, that's just as American as it gets. Yeah, you should you should go. And um, this year they released, they've already released like their lineup for um, bands playing and Chevelle's playing it, which Ooh, is nice. pretty neat for the Kansas State Fair. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just classic. And that's, that's fun for everybody, whether you're country or city. So my second would definitely be seeing the Kansas State Fair. Next up, hmm, A Rickery Breaks. Which is um in Saint Francis. Okay. That's that's terrain like you've never seen Kansas. Um if you saw a picture of it, most people are like, hmm, wonder where that's at, not knowing it's in the state that we live. Yeah. It's beautiful, it's serene. So a rickery break's definitely on my list. Um Camping at a state park. That's one of my favorite pastimes. You know, when I think about my childhood. We grew up at Lake Perry. We were camping mm-hmm. on the lake all the time and we have twenty six state parks in Kansas, so there's there's plenty to choose from all over the state. That's wonderful. And then my fifth one, I love downtown Lawrence. <laughs> it is there's good. There's no place in the United States like Lawrence, Kansas, mm-hmm. and if you can be down there, you know during basketball season after a basketball win. Oh man, it's crazy. Yeah, that that momentum. That's. That's neat. Definitely. So that would be my five on the Kansas bucket list. I like it. And so, and I know I, I picked a lot of Northeast Kansas on there because that's where I live. Mm-hmm. So most of my to-do bucket list is in other parts of the state. Cool. Um, so, so
0: what are you looking forward to visiting out? We haven't talked with many people about out west. And I mean, part of that was that we were in the central part of the state, in Lindsburg. Yeah. But I... I personally don't know a ton of stuff out in the west side of the state. So, yeah. can you pick something in the on the west side that would be on your on your own bucket list?
4: Yeah, so I have a lot of what I want to do. So, um definitely in, out west, I want to go to the Gypsum Hills, um uh, which is southwest Kansas. Sure. looks stunning and then there's just so much culture down there especially like with medicine lodge in that town so just some hills is definitely on my bucket list great and then also monument rocks and um little jerusalem that which will be opening soon to the public i definitely want to see those rock formations i have never even heard of little jerusalem um that's because it's been private it was private land for all this time, and it was recently acquired from the Nature Conservancy. And so they've been they've been working on it diligently, and they're going to be opening it to the public pretty soon. I mean, if you saw it, you would be like, there's no way this is in Kansas. Oh, my God. I don't know if you've been to Monument Rocks or Castle Rock, which is also beautiful. No, not yet. It's like that, but on a way bigger scale. There's so many more, you know, rock formations. So,
0: so Colby, are we going to be able to go out
4: there with you. I you know, I don't know if we'll do an Insta meet there or not. One thing I'm nervous about is the rattlesnakes. Um so I would prefer <laughs> to do that one in the winter <laughs> because I mean uh, that yeah, that's like enough. a desert. I mean it's gonna be rattlesnakes. Um you'll see native yucca there, which is pretty to see in Kansas. So Yeah. Those are both in western Kansas, which is on my bucket list of things to oh, do cool. very, very, very soon.
0: Oh, Excellent. I, I'm now totally enthralled by little Jerusalem. I don't even know much about it. So I'm excited. Yeah, Google it. I'm gonna have to look up more information. Yeah. In your mind, Mm -hmm.
4: what makes Kansas great? I'd have to say the urban and rural opportunities that that offers. Mm -hmm. So I grew up a little bit country, a little bit city, and I think that still comes through my personality. So Kansas offers both of that, you know? There's, there's a lot of people that fit that mold, mm-hmm. and we do. We have big cities. We have small towns, and I think a lot of Kansas, that's, that's in your blood, but also the people. People travel all over the United States, and what you hear most is about those local people and those people that you experience when you travel. In Kansas Kansas has neat people, it does. We're kind of like sit down, come in, have a drink type folk, and that's it's that, true. that means a lot when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. It does.
0: It does. My mom and I are actually gonna do Route 66 this summer because she turns mm-hmm. 66 in June. Oh, I love it! I know. Isn't that gonna be fun? Um, and we just looked at some of the things to do on the you know 14 miles of Route 66 in Kansas. We're like. Well, we'll stop and eat at this place and,
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, it's the corner of Kansas, but it's still Kansas. <laughs> it is. No they place like there. Kansas. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think your, the top natural feature is in Kansas?
4: So definitely the rock formations that we talked about, uh, yeah. Monument Rock, Castle Rock, Little Jerusalem. Um, Also, the Flint Hills, the Gypsum Hills, the Smoky Hills, you know, those are, there's nothing like that, especially the Flint Hills, you know, it's, there's nothing like that in the world. Um, But then also our wetlands.
0: Now, where are the wetlands? We have a lot
4: to offer. We have a lot to offer. Yeah. You know that? People think that Kansas is flat, and I'm kind of on a mission to say, no, it's not. Well, you just listed off three different hill areas,
0: so, mm -hmm. obviously, it's not just flat.
4: (laughs) It's not. And you know, what we always joke about in the office is, you know, as somebody that participates in the Dirty Kansas, they'll tell you Kansas isn't flat. Oh,
0: yeah. I've heard that from lots of cyclists that mm -mm, it is not. (laughs) Yeah, we have it all here. We really do. So one of the things that we love to talk about on Everyday Adventures podcast is some silly stuff, some funny stuff, some uh, wacky, crazy histories. So, do you have any wacky, crazy, juicy histories of Kansas to share?
4: I don't. But, you know, you think about those situations a lot. Like, if I could have been a fly on the wall. Yeah. And, you know, I think Kansas in general has always been a part of juicy history. That's true. The the Civil War started in Kansas. Uh Uh-huh. You know, um, six-foot carry Nation, you know, um, stood her ground in Kansas. Yep. And what's... In, in relation to that, you know, before Prohibition, um, Kansas was one of the top three producers of grapes and wine. Really? Um, yeah. Brown versus Board of Education. So I think Kansas has always been in the juicy stuff in history. That's like true. We've been, we've been leaders in a lot of movements. So to be, on, be a fly on the wall, I wish. I don't have anything that I've heard that's juicy history that's not already out there. But I've found that when i revisit things that i learned in school history topics Mm -hmm. revisiting them as an adult you know i i've I've learned so much more my perspective has changed Mm -hmm. and so that that in itself gives me you know it's like rereading a book that you haven't touched in 20 years it's i'm enjoying that there's some juicy history i didn't realize or things that maybe i didn't understand as you know a child yeah that, that i do now but yeah we've always been we've always been in some stuff that's
0: true. A little bit of a yeah. rabble rousers, but Yeah. in a movers and shaker kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We all went to the Instameet. We had mm-hmm. an awesome time. And we're yeah. a couple of weeks out now. So as you yep. look back at the Instameet, what was your favorite moment of the day?
4: Honestly, I think it was we went and ate there in Lindsborg and then just went into some of the shops there
0: yeah there's some and cool I really enjoyed shops.
4: that there are you know Lindsborg you know is a smaller town but they have a lot of culture they in do. that strip you know on main street there and the people in those shops you know they're, those shops look like you know um, antique and boutique stores that you see in magazines and um, uh-huh. it was Adorable, great product. So I think just exploring the town of Lindsborg was my favorite at, at the meet. I enjoyed going to Maxwell and seeing the, the bison and the baby bison, yes. which was absolutely adorable. Oh my gosh. Um, so chasing cute. its mama around was so cute. And then also going to Coronado Heights, but my favorite was in town, for sure.
0: I, I, can, I can agree to that because I was pleasantly surprised by what Lindsborg has done for themselves.
4: Yeah, I think Kansas does that a lot. I think it pleasantly surprises people. Which is great.
0: It's so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. And they they have really embraced their little
4: Sweden's uh, persona. <laughs> yeah. I got a dollar. I went to the gift shop and Good. bought myself a little dollar horse for home. Excellent.
0: Uh, I think yeah. that if Amy and I go back out there, well, when we go back out there, we will be picking up a dollar horse or two. Uh, maybe mm. not the street-sized versions, but <laughs> a shelf-sized version, maybe. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but the street-sized versions are really fun.
4: <laughs> they are.
0: I think we counted it's a conversation piece. 15 that we saw, and we heard that there's 33 around town.
4: Yeah, I think that's the number. I was trying to remember when I was looking at the website. Yeah, there's, there's a lot.
0: There's a lot, yeah. And they're all so cute and fun and appropriate for each location that they're in. So it was just neat. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you again for the opportunity to, first of all, just have you on our podcast. So thank you so much. Yes. And for having me. And also, thank you for hosting the Insta Meet. We had an absolute blast. It was just so much fun to learn about Lindsburg. And meet Jim Richardson. He's such a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys took us on the VIP tour, and that was amazing. I probably wouldn't have gone out to either of those sites that day just on our own because we were so enamored with Lindsberg. So I appreciate everything that you guys did uh, to make that Instameet happen.
4: Thank you. We had a blast and we hope to have more. That's that's definitely our goal.
0: Well, include us on the, the invite list because we had a blast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you.
4: And if you make a hashtag no Place like Kansas necklace and start selling it, send me the link.
0: Absolutely. I will. <laughs> we we might make a whole series of things that are hashtag no Place like Chaos. I we're excited about it. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us today.
4: Yes, thank you, Alexis.
0: Well, that's all our interviews. Thank you for listening. And please make sure to share our Kansas guests with other podcast listeners. If you'd like more information about Kansas tourism, check out TravelKS.com. I'm sure you can get there by TravelKansas.com as well. But tweet us about how many items you can check off the Kansas bucket list. Can you beat my five? well, now seven, out of 70, I bet that when Little Jerusalem is open to the public, which I am now very excited to go and visit, I'm sure that the bucket list will be updated. What's on your Kansas bucket list? Make sure to pick up the April issue of National Geographic to view Jim Richardson's photographic story, What Will Become of Scotland's Moors. His website is jimrichardsonphotography.com, or just take that classic American road trip he, he tempted us with and visit Jim at his delightful gallery, Small Worlds, in Lindsborg, Kansas. You can find the links to all of the awesome things we discussed in the show notes on our website, x37adventures.com. Remember, if you post anything about the awesomeness of Kansas, make sure to use the hashtag, NoPlaceLikeKS. Thank you again to all of our guests, you are right. There really is no place like Kansas. As always, thank you to the doctor, Dr. Treybeckold, that is, for producing our theme music. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, maybe even snarky remarks, please make sure to tweet us or find us on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. And we're always under the name X37 Adventures. Remember, art and adventure are everywhere. Go find yours.